This is the Ultra Running History Podcast, and I'm your host, Davey Crockett. Thanks. Thanks for coming. Looks like the kids are here today. I have a big show for you tonight. No, not quite that big. But for episode 6, I'll tell the story about one of the earliest ultra races in the modern era held from 1965 to 1972 indoors in downtown L.A. Yes, L.A., Los Angeles. You kids don't know what that theme song is. Now to the story of the historic last day run. Bring out your date. Bring out your date. No, no, it wasn't a doomsday run. It was just called the last day run. I'll explain. For the common man, we frequently make history without knowing it at the time. As years pass, one can look back and discover that certain events which at the time seemed insignificant, actually played an important part of history. Such events weren't forgotten or pushed aside. Their stories just had not been told. Such is the case with the last day run. Ultra running existed in the late 1800s and early 1900s. The participants were mostly professionals who performed for spectators. As the Great Depression hit, Events for professional ultra-runners dwindled and dried up in America. But rising from the tragedy and ashes of World War II, ultra-running events slowly appeared again, but this time for amateurs looking to test their endurance. Absent in the pages of very early American ultra-running history is the story of the Last Day Run. The Los Angeles Athletic Club, or LAAC, was established in 1880, the first private club in the city. In 1912, the club's new home was established downtown in a 12-story building with an indoor swimming pool on its upper floor, which caused quite a stir. In the 1950s, the downtown club was modernized, and by the 1960s, an indoor 165-yard rubber tartan track was built on the 7th floor, nearly 11 laps to a mile. The indoor track would be the site of 1960s ultra-running history. Steve Seymour was an elite javelin thrower. He spent 1946 in Finland training with the nation's world-class throwers. In 1948, he competed in the Olympics, where he was awarded the silver medal. In 1965, Seymour didn't realize it, but he became an American ultra-runner pioneer as an influential member of the Los Angeles Athletic Club. That year, Seymour arranged to put on a 24-hour race at the indoor Los Angeles Athletic Club. It was called the 24-hour last day run and was held on Halloween. This event was very significant to American ultra-running history for many reasons, the first being that it is believed to be the first modern-day American 24-hour race. It would also be significant for the performances that would be performed during the races. Steve ran that first year 50 miles in 17 and a half hours. 
Why was it held on Halloween, and why was it called Last Day Run? The event was called Last Day because it was associated with an annual 30-day jog competition that originated in California. This event was established in 1964 by the Olympic Club of San Francisco. The club would award trophies to the running club with the highest total mileage, with the most participants, and with the highest average miles per person. In 1964, the Los Angeles Athletic Club participants totaled 3,897 miles. Steve Seymour decided to establish the 1965 Last Day Run to help his club competitors pile up miles on the last day of October. In 1968, Lou Dosti, an aerospace engineer, joined the club and decided it was time to get into shape. After a few months of running short distances, he naively decided to participate in the month-long jogging event at the club and wanted to pile up the most miles during the month and win. Bud Murphy was an advertising executive. Previously, at the 1967 Last Day Run, Bud reached 100 miles in less than 24 hours. His accomplishment was one of the early sub-24-hour 100s in less than 24 hours in an organized race in the modern ultra-running era. Bud was determined to defend his championship and perhaps run 100 miles faster in 1968. The day for the 1968 24-hour last day event arrived. It turned out to be a duel between Lou and Bud. Lou was still a rookie on nutrition and ate only one significant meal during the run, ending up losing 20 pounds. He was surprisingly in the lead at 67 miles. More experienced Bud soon took over the lead and was 10 miles ahead of Lou when he reached 90 miles. Lou didn't sleep at all and developed tendonitis in both his feet. At one point, Lou said, quote, I quit, but race director Seymour pushed him back on the track. At the same time, Bud had stomach issues and kept throwing up. He also returned to the track, quote, running like a gazelle. Seymour provided all the runners chicken soup and malted candy to stock the first American modern-day 24-hour aid station. That day, Bud reached 100 miles in 21 hours, 36 minutes. Lou ran 93 miles but achieved his goal as the club's overall month winner with 792 miles, 57 more miles than Bud. The newspapers reported that Bud set a 100-mile world record jog. Well, it could have been a world modern indoor best. With each additional year, the focus of the last day run evolved into a quest to reach 100 miles. The last day run held on this indoor track in downtown Los Angeles had given birth to the modern day American 100 mile ultra marathon. Mihai Igoli was a Hungarian distance running coach. He was a notable runner in Hungary and participated in the 1936 Summer Olympics in Berlin. Over the years, his running students would set 49 world records. After the 1956 Olympics in Melbourne, he decided to not return to his homeland, which had just been crushed by the Soviet Union. He went to the United States and eventually ended up in Southern California, where he coached the Los Angeles Track Club. In 1969, Lou approached Mihai for coaching help. Mihai at the time was coaching at Santa Monica City College, and he agreed to let Lou join his group. 
He put Lou on a rigorous interval training program and also added swimming to increase Lou's heart capacity. Lou learned to push fatigue to its limits by running when the inclination was to stop. He learned that pain was no excuse and the time to bear down was when the pressure was the greatest. For the 1969 last day run, Lou vowed to not waste any time and would forego long meal breaks and instead stop once per hour for 15 to 30 seconds to gulp down Gatorade or drink some tea with honey. That year, Lou won with 111 miles and lost only 15 pounds this time. He recorded 911 miles for the month. For 1970... Lou had his mind to set the world indoor 24-hour record, thought to be 120 miles. His training turned serious. He ran about 30 to 40 miles per day that October and then rested for the day before the race. The participation of members in this club greatly increased that month to 600 men and women. Well, the historic 1970 last day run arrived. Lou's plan this year was to take 10 to 15 second breaks every 5 to 10 miles. He fueled on tea with honey, soup, water, and juices. The only solids he ate was custard spiked with protein powder. He also took salt and dextrose tablets every 30 minutes. His wife, Rose, crewed him, handing him on the run, quote, spill-proof laboratory urine bottles which made drinking on the run easy. The race began at midnight as music played over the loudspeakers. About a dozen runners took off. At night, from the outside, looking up to the windows, the place looked like, quote, a giant lantern with joggers ambling across the moonlit windows like black cats. Lou led the pack of felines and reached 50 miles in 8 hours and 30 minutes. He reached 100 miles in an incredible 17 hours 30 minutes and went on to finish with 127.4 miles in 24 hours, which was thought to be a world indoor 24-hour record. He finished the 30-day competition with 1,040 miles. But the truly historic achievement on the track during the 1970 last day run didn't involve Lu. Miki Suwa was born in China to Japanese parents. In 1963, she moved to the United States, attended college, married businessman Michael Gorman, and moved to Los Angeles, where she became a secretary for a Japanese trading company. In 1968, Mickey Gorman bought a membership to the club, where she started running as a way to warm up for her calisthenics class. Soon, the indoor track became her home. She trained very hard. Some men at the club couldn't quite accept a woman running and told her she should be at home. Mickey ignored these comments and ran faster and further than most of the men. At the 1969 last day run, her 86 miles was believed to be a woman's world best for 24 hours. She ran 590 miles during that month. Mickey started serious training. She joined Lou in being trained by Mihai Igoli. She said, he didn't let us stop. We were always jogging. We had a hard time understanding each other. He would have us do an easy jog, then shake out our strides, then some at 80%. Then we would do repeats for two miles, then 150-yard runs, then some jogging that got faster. Mickey Gorman became a fixture on the track at the club, running circles for hours. She said, 
When I was working at my job, people would ask me why I was running, as everyone was very interested as to why a woman would run in 1970. She had a hard time sleeping during the night because of swollen feet. But it was in 1970 when Mickey made ultra-running history. She covered 100 miles in an astonishing 21 hours, 4 minutes. She became the first American woman in history to run 100 miles in less than 24 hours, and she lowered the world best for a woman. A minute after Mickey reached 100 miles, after running 1,075 laps, she collapsed and says, I don't think I can run anymore, and so she didn't go further towards the 24 hours. Mickey Gorman was America's 100-mile pioneer. In 1973, Mickey would also set the women's world's record in the marathon with 2 hours 46 minutes. Unfortunately, the women's marathon was not included in the 1976 Olympic Games when she was at her peak. She was the only woman to win both Boston and New York City marathons twice. In 2001, she was elected to the Roadrunners Club of America Hall of Fame. For her, it all started on the Los Angeles Athletic Club indoor track and at the last day run. Mickey Gorman passed away in 2015 at the age of 80. Lou Dosti passed away back in 1992 at the age of 65. It is unknown how many more years the last day run was held. 1972 was likely the last year because of Steve Seymour's death in 1973. But that event, which was competed on the seventh floor track of the Los Angeles Athletic Club, was the site of some of the earliest American ultra-running records and the first known official modern-day American 24-hour race. With that, this is Davy Crockett, and this is the Ultra-Running History Podcast. I hope you run fast and far, enjoy life, get outdoors, and most of all, stay safe and don't take unnecessary chances.